Welcome, welcome. What's up, citizens? I am your V podcaster host, Jay Starks, and welcome to the Bingo Book Podcast. <laughs> we are on episode number 39, and man, it, it feels like a very, very long time since we had our last episode. I want to say it's been probably about three or four weeks since we last had our our uh episode 38 so sorry for the wait uh, man i just have so much going on projects galore i mean it's just it's a lot and then i've been traveling i mean hey it's 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 too much it's too much but hey you know we are here to talk about some anime goodness and we are going to close this winter 2023 anime season out but of course we have to get into our anime discussions for our a-side slate and in today's topics we will be discussing several items such as the benefits of business trips hmm for my blue and white collar folks out there. Yes, there are some luxuries out there for taking trips paid by your company, and we will definitely be discussing this shortly. Uh, and also, should lovers be your best friend? Oh, should they? Should they, should they be your best friend? I don't know. I do have some pros and cons about that. And, you know, we'll see if y'all agree with me on some of these points. Now, of course, after our first break, don't forget, we have many more anime topics to cover in our A-side slate. So, hey, you know, kick back, grab a snack, and I hope that you enjoy the show. So, with no further ado, we're going to go ahead and get straight into our anime discussions. And we have our first anime for our a-side slate and that is season two of surune episode 12 titled the linking shot now in this episode the kazimaki kudo club have a rematch bout against the biggest rival school kirisaki high which features one of the strongest young archers named Shu Fujiwari. I mean, now, I ain't gonna lie. This kid is amazing. I don't think we've ever seen him miss a shot. I don't even in his youth when he was just like a a, a young uh, a teenager, you know, I don't think that he was uh, missing shots even at that point, at least that we haven't seen. But yeah, in recent episodes, we've gotten to know Shu a little better and we've learned uh, a little more about his family. You know, they haven't been very involved uh, in some of the interests that he have, so it seems. But in this episode, we do get to see Shu's father who attends his tournament match and lends him his support. Wow. Wow. Look, look at that. Papa, go daddy. Go daddy, go. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it begs the question of the importance of family support. You know, the importance of family support. And I, I really do feel that having some type of family support and, you know, I, a lot of the times, sometimes we think about family support is, you know, maybe the whole nuclear family, maybe some cousins, some aunts, some some uh, uncles and what have you. But I think that it can be one or two people out in the family that give you that support. And that might be more than enough for 
most of us, you know, some of them, we, some of us, we may need more. Some of us, we may need a little bit less, but I think the first thing that comes to mind when it comes down to, uh, importance for family support is stability. Stability. And you yes, okay, like, but why? Why stability? You know, now to me, knowing you have someone that is always in your corner that's rooting for you, just having that stable one person that you know in, in any moment, any time that you can count on them, you know that they'll be there for you, supporting you all the way through. And that means a lot. That goes a long, very, very long way for most of us when we have something that we're very passionate about, right? Uh, and then we have confidence, you know, confidence is something that the family can definitely give you, uh, as you're building up, uh, to perform to your best ability. You know, they're, they're lending you their energy. There's like this, this, uh, unseen strength of like, Hey, you know, we believe in you go out there, give your best. And another part of that is kind of psychological, I think, where you say, dang, okay, my family is in the building. My mom's over there. My dad, my little brothers and sisters are over here. Like I got to make sure that I show out and, and look good because it's, it's kind of like that unsaid thing of, okay, this is our last name. Like there's pride in our last name. And I want this to resonate with anybody that comes from our family tree. They know that, oh, well, Jay, you know, Jay Starks, like that guy, any other Starks that's related to him, you know that they're going to do well because Jay was one of the front runners for that, you know? So I think that confidence boost definitely goes a long way when you got the family involved. Uh, another thing is the origin story. <laughs> some people can say that this could be where the, the villain arc starts out for some people, <laughs> depending on where it goes when the family shows up. Because, you know, not some, some people's families just don't act right, right? You know, there's sometimes, you know, people that you can invite and others that you say, okay, no, you got to stay home because I already know you're going to come with the nonsense and I'm not trying to have that not in this situation when I have things that I'm trying to achieve, Right. Um, but yeah, the origin story, you know, a lot of times family members know the path that you took and they understand, they understand how hard it was for you to get to a certain point, uh, with whatever you're trying to accomplish. And so that means a lot. It's like, okay, I was there with you from the very beginning. It's almost like day ones, you know, your day one friends that were involved. It's like they, um, they saw the progress from beginning to end. You know, kind of like our supporters for BBP, right? You know, some people have been here since day one, come into the chat, showed their love and support. And, you know, I greatly and emphatically appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, and it kind of goes back, you know, just me kind of, you know, talking uh, a little bit. Well, it's still on topic, I would say. But, you know, I think I've talked about this several different times before. But, you know, my mom, you know, she has been a very integral part in everything that I've done in my life up to this point. She's always been my number one supporter, always had my back in anything that I tried to do as well, I'll say as long as it made sense. But even, even there were times where my mom didn't truly understand what I was trying to do. She still was like, Hey, if you're not going out and getting in trouble and doing anything bad, then I'm supporting you, you know? And that means a lot. Like in the beginning, when you're starting off, you may not, 
see the like the true value of that support but i i can definitely 1000% tell you that you know as time goes on you really truly start to look at all the people that were there for you and you know those that have continued to be by your side it's like you know it's just it's just a a, a major uh point in your life and it's you, you're thankful you're happy you're excited and uh, you know, it's almost like there's no looking back, you know, you, you, you appreciate the things that have happened in the past and you embrace the future, but you also have to make sure that you give some thoughtfulness to, uh, how it all began, you know, and it all starts from, you know, having that core, right. Having that core system in place. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Hey, I don't know how, you know, y'all feel about family support. I hope that you that are listening or watching right now, uh, have family support in, you know, on your side. And if not, Hey, you know, your boy, Jay, I got your back. Just let me know what you in getting into. You know, I try my best to break out of my busy schedule to show you my love and support. <laughs> All right. On to our next anime for our discussion. And that is The Ice Guy and His Cool Female Colleague, episode 12, titled Their Night Together and the Morning Spring Came. Man, now that, that's a very loaded title right there. <laughs> There's a lot going on there right there in that title. But no, I digress. It's 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 not exact it's somewhat what you think, but it's not exactly what you think. Um so in this episode, uh Himudo and Futsutsuki, Fuyutsutsuki, our Futsutsuki, I always mess up her name, but <laughs> they are requested by their boss for them to attend a business event that will be out of town. Now, excited for this opportunity, Himuro and Fusuki make plans prior and during their business trip to ensure they have a success during this venture. Yeah, you know, if you're going to go out on a trip, you got to you gotta put in the effort to make sure things go well, right? Well, unfortunately, Himuro gets sick, which puts Fusuki in a unique situation as they prepare to brief their clients. So just imagine like you get to uh, your destination and all of a sudden like your coworker comes down with like, you know, uh, a, a very severe illness, you know, something that they can't really recover from and they have to be bedridden for at least a day, at least a night. Right. And so now all of that work gets likely thrown on you. Now, <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation for another topic about taking on other people's responsibilities. You know, that's a whole nother thing. But in this situation, I think that most of us will agree, hey, if you know someone, whether it's your friend, your coworker, colleague, what have you, if they come in and, and, uh, um, and become sick to where they're unable to work, you know, it's like, okay, it's this kind of this unspoken thing of I'll pick up the slack because I know if I was in the same situation, you'd have my back and we'd work it out like that, right? But yeah, I definitely want to talk about the benefits of business trips, benefits of business trips, because there are some positives to doing business on the road. <laughs> and the first thing that comes to mind is per diem. Now, if, if y'all don't know those, that phrase per diem, you don't know those two words per diem, 
I don't know if you're really living like that in the business world. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Like per diem, it, it like you say that amongst most business people that take trips, they their eyes they glow, they glitter, they 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 get big and sparkly because that means free money. Well, I mean it's not necessarily free money, but it is. But it ain't. <laughs> I mean, you'll see my point. I mean, it's kind of like. Uh, imagine you have this stipend and depending on the area that you're at. So let's say you're in, you know, you're in the USA, you're in the United States and you go to somewhere like California. Well, they're going to look at the cost of living. Like how much is it, you know, how expensive is it just to dine in the area? How much, how expensive is it to have, get a hotel in that area? And so all these different things are generally accounted for, including maybe your um, travel by vehicle. So if you rent a vehicle, how much is that going to cost gas trying to get back and forth between your destinations? And, you know, per diem is what's given to try to top uh, you as the employees off so that you'll be able to afford that trip and make your way back home without having to spend any of your own personal money. That's at the company's uh, cost, right? And so for me, you know, the reason why I love per diem and I know y'all know this to be true, but if you don't know, now you know, I am um, thrifty. <laughs> Cheap. <laughs> I, I'm going to do anything to save a dollar. You know, that's just how it goes, you know? And it's not that I'm not willing to spend money because because I am, I'm willing to spend money. But if I'm going to spend money, it's usually because I have the thoughts that whatever I pay for is going to end up making me more money somewhere down the road, whether it be a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, that's always my intentions majority of the time, right? And so I, you know, when it comes down to per diem, I'm trying to eat cheap, you know, I'm not spending a lot of money, you know, I will definitely drive to a, a supermarket and get uh, groceries, whatever I have to do to make that trip very, you know, much uh, so I can save money, I'm going to do it, like, no matter what, it's just, that's just how it is. Now, don't get me wrong, like, there are times where I will splurge and I'll, you know, go to a nice expensive restaurant or something like that, but those moments are far and few between because I save those moments for when I'm actually going out on vacation. Pro tip. Just a pro tip. Yeah, y'all just, y'all, I'm, I'm, I'm dropping jewels here now. <laughs> okay, and another thing is new environments. That's the benefit of being uh, on a business trip is you get to go to a new city, state, country. I mean, it depends on what your company offers, uh, but you never know. You know, I've been in situations where I could have been in a whole nother country. Uh, I've definitely been to a lot of uh, different states uh, in America and cities as well. And so, um, but I've been all over, you know, I've been in many other places around the, uh, the world too. I've been to Japan, I've been to Germany, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's, and it's all been great experiences. And when you get into these new environments and you get enriched in the cultures that they have, um, you know, of course the food, uh, you know, and I, I take a, a liking to try to understand, uh, where I'm at, like, how do the people act? Uh, you know, the, the religious, their beliefs. I mean, all those different things are very important when you're navigating to these uh, new places. But, you know, we, I actually have a topic where I'll talk about that a little bit more in today's episode. 
Um, and then lastly, meeting locals, you know, meeting locals is a very big thing when you're on a business trip. And I, you know, so for example, if I come into, let's say I pull up to your city, right. And I'm happened, I happen to meet you, uh, at, I don't know, a bus stop or something like that, you know, or, you know, inside of, uh, a rental, uh, vehicle dealership or something. And I'm going to ask you, you know, Hey, you know, what's some good food around here? What's some local, good local eateries that I should absolutely have to check out while I'm here in town because I'm not from here. And man, I got to tell y'all that is probably one of my number one pet peeves when I'm doing having a, a business trip and I'm out of town and I'm with some of my other coworkers uh, or maybe friends or relatives might pull up with me and they want to eat at all franchise restaurants. Like, no, like, I'm sorry. We are not doing that. If you come in with me, we are going to see what the town has to offer. We want to try whatever the locals, uh, you know, businesses, mom and pop shops have to offer. What is the specialty around town? Because that's what makes the, the, the trip that much more unique and pleasurable to me you know i don't want to go to uh mcdonald's you know each now i mean for some i mean <laughs> if it's late at night don't get me wrong because there's a time and a place for everything right so imagine you get into some place you had delayed flights whatever the case may be and you don't pull in to your hotel until maybe 2 a.m in the morning well yeah you know most places are going to be closed for business. And so you're going to possibly have to rely on those franchise spots like a McDonald's for an example. So it's not all bad. I'm not saying that you can't do that, but man, for the love of everything, <laughs> and I mean everything, like please support the local places whenever you pull up to these new areas, these new towns that you, you know, haven't been to before and, you know, have some new experiences, like, you know, go to some local landmarks, whatever you can to do to, to make that a very special moment, do so. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand that when you're on the business trip, it is business too. So you got to keep that in check, you know, that, Hey, I came here and I have a job to do because you don't want to end up, uh, drunk, uh, missing, you know, waking up because you did not wake up to your alarm because you're still recovering. And yeah, I, I'm not speaking from experience, by the way. Well, may, maybe kind of. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, that is the benefits of business trips. You know, there might be a couple others that I might have missed. Hey, if you have any thoughts of what you think will be good benefits for business trips, hey, feel free to share that in the comments. You know, I like to, to hear what you think. Okay, moving on to our next anime for discussion, and that is High Card, episode 11, titled Chris. That's a very, very, very simple name so of course i mean with that title this has to be revolving around someone named chris right <laughs> well yeah in this episode finn wakes up after recovering from being shot by chris who is also a member of the high card uh society or organization 
And puzzled by Chris's behavior, Leo asks Finn, like, hey, what do you think? Like, why do you, what do you think Chris's motive was for stealing these X-Plane cards, uh, which they all have these unique hidden powers? And after some thought, Finn says, you know what? I realize what Chris's goal is. And so, you know, Finn makes some contact out to Chris by phone where they have a very, very deep conversation about their relationship being more than just coworkers. And so, you know, kind of uh, give a little bit more detail on that. So, uh, you know, Finn gives Chris a call and he's like, Hey, like, I know what you're trying to do with these cars. You're trying to use the powers to, to, to help resurrect somebody or help make somebody better. Look, I care about you. I'm trying to, I don't want anything bad to happen to you. I'm really concerned about your your health and your safety. Like, you know, tell me where you're at so I can come and, and get you and we can kind of reconsider things and try to formulate a new plan. Whereas Chris is like, look, you're just my coworker. I have goals here to take care of my real family. I don't, I'm not really trying to hear what you're talking about right now, Finn. And Finn gets upset. He's like, bro, like Chris, like we're, we're more than just coworkers. Like, like I see you as someone that's very close and dear to me. Like you're more like my family. And so that raises the question of when do friends become family? When do they, when do y'all think friends become family? I don't know. That's, I feel like that's a, each person is very unique when it comes down to trying to answer that question. But I did, I do have a couple of, I guess you could say, uh, bullets that I think may be the reason why. So the first thing that comes to mind is a special bonding moment. Like, I don't think that there's any time where you have somebody that's a friend of yours that you say like, Oh, he's more like family to me. He's more like a brother or, you know, she's more like a sister uh, or what have you to me, you know? And it's usually because y'all have that special bonding moment. Maybe there was somebody that passed away, you know, in the family, you know, maybe you had someone, one of your parents uh, that's no longer here. And that, that friend of yours was there for you, uh, there for you from the beginning. And Throughout that time, them kind of helping you get through such a difficult moment, that's a special type of bonding that happens. And so in that moment, you're saying, you know what, because you did this for me, I see you more than just a friend. You're more like family to me because you were actually there for me. Uh, and yeah, so I, I think that that special bonding, there's always going to be that piece where something unique happened that's very different from a lot of your other friends. And that's kind of what I think, ha you know, usually what happen if they do become more like family to you. Um, then another thing is that person is very reliable. Like, I mean, trust me, I know that we've all had our fair share of people that are flaky uh, they're not very involved in your lives. They kind of come around when things are a little bit more beneficial to them. Uh, and that, I don't think that those people, you would normally consider them as uh, family and maybe not even friends to an extent, right? But, you know, when there is somebody that's very reliable, anytime you call, they pick up the phone or they re return your phone call, you know, f fairly quickly. Now, <laughs> about that, <laughs> I, I definitely got to say this about this. Now, to my, my, my family out there that's watching, 
I know that I'm not the best at returning phone calls and text messages very fast. Your boy, your, hey, I'm busy. I'm a busy guy, but hey, I know that y'all know that I love you and that I will return that call and that text back as soon as I possibly can, you know? And my, my mind frame, the way that I work when it comes down to communicating with my family and friends is... Um, I want to make sure that I can give them my undivided attention. And so I'm normally not going to respond unless I know that I can give them that adequate, adequate time. Unless, I mean, of course, if it's something that is just a quick text or whatever, then yeah, that's fine. I'll, I'll be able to send that quickly. But usually if there's a conversation that needs to be involved, I want to make sure that there's no interruption so that person can feel like their time is being valued. I value them and, and so on and so forth. So, hey, uh, just putting it out there. <laughs> and then um, another thing, that what I think happens when friends become more like family is the feeling is mutual, you know, that y'all both feel more like family with each other. And that's going to come through communication. That's going to come through discussions with each other and thing experiences that y'all had and that y'all been through. And once you get to a point where y'all talk out and say, yeah, bro, like, you know, you're more like family than me, you know, or something like that, then usually the other person will reciprocate that and say the same thing. Now, I'm not going to lie. In 2023, the term like family or you know, that's my brother or that's my sister and stuff like that. It gets thrown around a little bit too loosely for my taste. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I've, I've really, it's almost like the new, uh, uh, Hey, what's up, bro? Like it's, it's almost like that, like where it's very casual feeling now. And so I don't play that game. You know, for me, if you really are, if I tell you that you're a family to me, you really are family to me. And um, now here's the thing, though. I will say this. There are times where, you know, we have friends that we might not communicate with them, you know, every day, every week, every month. You know, there are some friends that I've gone with after like a year, two years of not having contact with them. And I consider them to be more like family to me. And Anytime that we start to communicate again, we pick up like nothing's never left. And, you know, a lot of that is because, you know, you're respecting boundaries, people's time, their family and stuff. And I know for me, I'm a head case. So if you're like me, you probably think to yourself like, oh, like I know they, you know, because of their, they're, they're married, they got kids or whatever the case may be, or maybe they're in school and they're trying to get their degree or they're working on their master's or their doctorates. Like there's so much going on. It's like, I don't want to be a burden to them. So I'll try to contact them some other time. And when that other time comes up, you know, six months has already passed by a year. <laughs> All right. I'm a terrible friend. Okay. Y'all, y'all get it. Y'all get it, right? <laughs> but yeah, hey, you know, that's what I think when it, uh, uh, about items that when it comes down to uh, when friends become family. And I really do believe that. I really think that these are some things that can um, transform a relationship to where y'all become more like family, right? Hey, uh, Alvirato on YouTube says, hi, hi, hey. How you doing? <laughs> Welcome to the BBP, and I hope that you're uh, enjoying yourself. Okay, we are moving on to our next anime for discussion, and that is 
Tong Chan is a Girl, episode 12, titled Goodbye. That's friend. Uh, my heart, my heart can't take it. <laughs> Bye. Why are you leaving, best friend? No. <laughs> but yeah, in this episode, uh, Junichiro finally gets the confidence to confess his love to Tomo after speaking with Misuzu regarding their past relationship. So, you know, if you, any of y'all that are watching Tomo-chan, uh, this anime is a blast. Like, it's so, it's so funny, and there's so many different moments, and all of the characters have very unique personalities. And Misuzu, she's very cold and kind of blistering, but also she loves hard, but she doesn't really show those emotions very much. Well, anyway, they had a pat, uh, her and uh, uh, Junichiro, they had a past relationship with each other where they were dating. And, but it wasn't that they liked each other. It was like, hey, we think we need to be in a relationship to experience this so that we can kind of uh, understand ourselves a little bit better. And so uh, June felt like, okay, I have to talk to Miss Suzu because I think that if she realizes that I love Tomo, that she might feel bad or uh, she might resent me. And so he wanted to make sure that they were cool and they were okay and he could proceed moving forward uh, in pursuing this relationship. And she's pretty much like, hey, go ahead, June. There's no hard feelings. I didn't even really love you. Like I, I didn't really have, I didn't have any feelings for you at all. Wasn't in love with you, not whatsoever. So I was like, dang, like, Misuzu, do you really have to be that cold? <laughs> Why you gotta be so heartless? So heartless. <laughs> but yeah, so after making multiple efforts to, of trying to speak to Tomo, um, Julie, June is finally able to corner her and express his true feelings to her. However, uh, in that conversation, a very important question came up from Tomo as she asked, Hey, okay. Yeah. I like you too, but how should we move forward? You know, that doesn't that mean that we can't be best friends anymore. Right. Because now we're, we, we love each other. We're lovers. We're going to be boyfriend and girlfriend now. And so, yeah, I, it definitely begs the question of should lovers be your best friend? Should they? Should lovers be your best friend? Um. Well, firstly, I mean, I think we have to think about the definition for best friend. And I mean, it's very simple. A best friend is a person's closest friend. Now, for me personally, I have multiple best friends. Like I have... Uh, a lot of best friends, and it's because they all have very unique differences amongst themselves, and they all have like this special uh, part in my life. And so for me, it feels very hard for me to say, oh, like so solely like this is my best friend. This is my one and only best friend. Like, no, I, I, it's hard for me. I kind of got over that as I got older. It's like, no, like, I have multiple best friends, and they all are dear to me in their own unique way, right? Um, and so now do I have a best friend that has like, uh, uh, tenure or seniority over the other ones? Like, yeah, like, you know, I've, 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 I have a best friend that I've known since I was like three years old. So from that point of view, I guess you could say he is my best friend, but from a pure like experiences and people that I met over time and the relationships that I've built over that, like, no, I have, I have multiple. 
and so yeah, so you know, we so now we define best friend, and I think um, when it comes down to lovers and if they should be your best friend, you have to think about uh, the value that you get from being a best friend with that person. And I feel like uh, you definitely have a more intimate relationship because as most of uh, people's best friends they know you on a more personable level there's a lot more things that's uncovered so um majority of us when we share ourselves to other people we don't show everybody you know all of our passions the good the bad the ugly side of sides of us we only show them what we want them to see and it's kind of like the social media effect where okay if i'm on facebook or some other platform i'm only sharing photos and pictures and stuff like that of myself that make my life look great and pleasant but they don't necessarily see the downtime those hard grueling moments where you might have just finished crying because you're thinking about uh, you you maybe you're unhappy in your life right now in uh, the career path that you chose or there's, I mean, there's so many different things that could happen. And so these details you would normally be willing to share with your best friend, you know, someone that you uh, believe is your best friend is in confidence. You know, you can share that information with them because it's going to stay right there between you two. And not only that, but that person is usually going to be able to help you navigate through those things and give you good advice or at least if anything y'all can share information amongst each other and try to help build each other as time goes on and so um i think that there's a lot of value in that when it comes down to uh if that person is someone you love um and then i i feel like um being close with somebody like that like if someone is truly your best friend there's also the possibility that you'll fall out of love with that person. So that's kind of the con, like the negative thing about being best friends with someone that might be your lover is there might come a time where you feel like, man, we're like, we're more friends than we are lovers. Like I'm not the time that we spent with each other. And as time goes on, the more and more I might be falling out of love with you from a romantic standpoints you know a sexualized standpoint but from a friendship standpoint like i i'm so very close and tied with you and some people feel that way if like you know what i can't be involved with someone that i'm i've been super close with because then that view of them uh from a sexual standpoint you know i can't really go further with them that than than just being good friends and that's kind of where it ends so yeah, it's I don't know, it's it's, it's really difficult to say. Now, now for me personally, I do I for me I would like my best friend or one or or to have a best friend that's my lover. Um do I think that is required? I'm going to say no, but at the same time, I do think that anybody that I'm involved with will grow with me to being one of my best friends, you know? And I, to me, that's just something that's going to happen over time is y'all share more things in your lives more intently. Um, you're going to go through the ups and downs, the you know, the trials and tribulations, especially if y'all end up getting married with each other and you're living with each other. Like to at some point, that's going to be someone that you heavily rely upon. And usually those are your best friends. Right. 
Uh, but you know, I, I kind of want to, I think one day I'm going to get a call with one of my friends and bring them on and ask them the same question and like, see what their response is. Cause from the outside looking in, I think that their relationship is more of a sexual, this is who I love and I care about. And I don't know that they're actually friends like that. And that's actually kind of, that's special to me that you can be like, equally yoke with somebody, but not truly like really be friends like that, you know? Uh, but yeah, Hey, if you have any experiences of this, please feel free to share, you know? And if you think that lovers should be, uh, your best friend or not, you know, let us know in the comments. I, I'm, I'll be eager to hear your responses for that as well. Okay. Moving on to our next anime for discussion. And that is season four of Bungo Stray Dogs, episode 49, titled Bungo Hound Dogs. So this this is almost a Peter Griffin moment where it's like, oh, they 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 said the title <laughs> off by one word, but hey, we're close enough, right? <laughs> All right, in this episode of Bungo Stray Dogs, uh, they, you know, as they're continuing their effort to escape and prove their innocence from the hunting dogs, Asushi and Kyoka hide in Lucy's ability called Anne's Room, uh, which allows them to be seen undetected in this massive casino that hovers in the sky. Now, the first thing I thought, and I wish I had a picture that I could show y'all of this casino in the sky. You know, it kind of makes me think about, uh, we've heard, uh, seen some articles where there's uh, hotels in a spaceship and it's literally like on the outskirts of the earth and people can rent out, you know, um, night stays there for like over a million dollars or something like that. Now, I don't know if that's still a thing right now, but man, I kind of want, like, I think I might feel a little safe in that situation, but a, a craft that's actually in the air in, on earth and it's supposed to just be staying there in one place hovering and that's where people go in the casino and spend their money nah i don't, I don't think i'll be willing to do that but y'all like okay jay make it make sense you're willing to you're not willing to do that but you will go out of earth near the earth's orbit into a space shuttle and chill for a night a couple nights and and not only that but you're going to spend about a couple million dollars. No, 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 thank you. <laughs> hey, hey, but hey, if any space program out there wants to um, send me out of space and I can be the first VTuber out there, I'm, I'm down for that. I'm completely down for that sponsorship. So hit me up. <laughs> uh, now, also in this episode, although this territory... Uh, it's supposed to be considered a neutral zone by law. And that's this casino in the air. It's supposed to be a neutral zone where uh, anybody can come and they're not going to be, um, um, a, you know, relegated to any of the laws by the other countries and what have you. And so, you know, they're in this neutral zone, but that did not stop the hunting dogs for completing their investigation. They're like, hey, we don't care, you know, what this place represents. We have an investigation that we got to carry out. And if that means breaking this neutral zone law, then we're more than welcome to do that. And, um, you know, it kind of made me think about uh, why does every mob type show have casinos? And for those that have been watching Bungo Stray Dogs for 
a, a good minute now, you know that this is is kind of tied up into a mob gangster like type of uh, storyline. Uh, although you do have characters with these unique abilities, it has that presence, that gangster kind of presence in it because of the different organizations, right? And so I, I could not help but ask, like, why does it seem like casinos are in every single uh, type of show like this? I'm talking about animes, movies, uh, comics. I mean, just all types of stuff. There's always a casino involved, right? <laughs> and I think the number one reason why this happens is because um, of the nature. Like, there's where there's money, where there's a lot of money to be made, Right around the corner, you know that there's probably going to be some mischief, some illegal activities going on. But, you know, seeing this, it really makes me wonder, like, is is there really a lot of illegal activities that happen at casinos? Because it seems like in all of these type of, uh, you know, mob-like shows, there's always something bad that's happening behind the scenes. And that was very true in this episode of Bungo Stray Dogs, where this uh, guy that's running this uh, a casino in the sky, you know, he has these explosive coins that get distributed around the world and he's able to, uh, to, uh, carry out terrorist attacks, you know, being in a neutral situation that people won't even know that he was involved in. So yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy, but, uh, yeah, you know, and then some examples of, of shows would be like the Godfather series. If y'all have ever watched that, um, of course, your comic series like Batman, uh, you've course, especially anything revolving around Two-Face. That's something I remember like right off the back. So, but yeah, just a short topic. I just, cause just wondering, like, have y'all noticed that too? Like there's always casinos that pop up in these type of shows. <laughs> Hey, if you are a new listener or watcher of our live stream content, I am your V podcaster host, Jay Starks, and welcome to the Bingo Book Podcast. Uh, this is an anime podcast here to bring you some of the dope is discussions. Dope is <laughs> the very dope discussions related to some of your favorite anime shows for this season. And this is episode 39, which happens to be our finale as we close out the winter 2023 uh anime season. And so a lot of your favorite animes for this season are gonna be closing either their last episode is gonna be this week or next week. So Hey, you know, if if you get ready to say your goodbyes, your farewells, because you might have to wait a year, maybe even two years or more for your favorite anime shows to come back from this season, which is always the disappointing part. But hey, you know, uh, patience builds character, right? <laughs> All right. Well, hey, let's go ahead and talk about our winter 2023 anime discussions for our B-side slate. And we are going to talk about topics such as being told you're ugly. Ugh. Damn. Dang. Dang. Have, have, have y'all ever, has this ever happened to you? Or maybe someone you know, they said, man, bro, you, you ugly, bro. Girl, you ugly. Dang. I, hey, hey, hey. We are going to talk about that and some of the effects that Having those type of things talk, you know, said to you could potentially have. Uh, we will also talk about discussions such as tips for traveling to another country. 
Now, hey, if you're traveling soon, this might be a very, very helpful topic of discussion for you. So make sure that you uh, stick around. You know, I think I could give some pretty good advice when it comes down to that. But hey, we have these and many, many more topics for discussion today. So let's go ahead and jump right into our B-side slate. And our first anime for discussion in our B-side slate is... Kubo Won't Let Me Be Invisible, Episode 6, titled Nurse's Office in Main Character. Now, for those that have been watching... Um, uh, Kubo uh, won't let me be visible anime. You know that episode six came out weeks ago and uh, episode seven has been on hiatus and delayed until uh, I believe April uh, sometime in April is when I'm going to be releasing the next follow-up episode. And so you can pretty much uh, say that this anime is going to be extended probably all the way up until maybe May sometime in May when the, when the season may end unless they continue you know because I think it was only scheduled for about 12 episodes or so uh, but we'll see but yeah I, I really hope I can't wait for it to come back because I did enjoy watching this anime uh, a lot but yeah in uh, episode six uh, Shirashi isn't feeling well and ends up staying at home to rest and recover from his fever now worried about Shirashi Kubo sends him a text message asking if he'll be coming to school tomorrow, the very next day. And so while reading Kubo's text, Shidashi's little brother came into his room and made him accidentally send an emote to Kubo that says, I miss you. Oh, oh, I miss you. Oh, I, I, I don't, me personally, I, that wouldn't have been no accident. I would have just let that rip and I would have claimed it. Hey, yeah, I sent that. <laughs> but, but yeah, excited by the response, uh, although it was an accident, Kubo ends up sending a response back with an emote that says, lonely without you. Oh, that's so sweet. Kubo is such a sweet girl. Well, and kind of terrorizing in her own little way too. But yeah, you know, so uh, as they're having this texting going on, it made me think about flirting in text messages. You know, have this has this been something that you've ever done before i mean of course you have you know if you have entered the realm of love life then this is definitely something that you've done in today's time at least uh once or twice before now some of y'all y'all get it very out of hand and out of pocket with those messages sending all little nasty yeah i see you sending those nasty little videos and all that and see that's how you're gonna end up on the internet Somebody going to blast you out there and now you got, you're going to have somebody, you're going to be trying to file charges because y'all don't have it. Y'all not together anymore. And look, <laughs> I'm just being a negative Nancy about it. All right. Nobody's sending me no flirty text messages now. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, I, I definitely could say that this is something that uh, I found to be enjoyable, you know, when I, especially while I was dating, uh, and it's like the flirting doesn't have to be like super uh, sexualized, you know, it can be little tidbits. Uh, sometimes there's moments where maybe you and your significant other or your crush, y'all experience something together, whether it be watching a movie um, or maybe y'all went out to 
to an outing and y'all saw something and so y'all bring that up kind of like a reoccurring moment and y'all have a good laugh about that it could be flirting in that way too where y'all are laughing and having a good time and it's more of a comedic thing than more of a romantic thing and i still think that that's flirting to a degree now even if it's someone that you're not actually dating but you have that you like uh flirting by text messages goes a long way too now the downside to that is we all know that text messages can be misinterpreted sometimes and so i think that if you do go you re- i think you really need to know the person that you're texting and build that rapport with them so you can kind of see like okay this is this is cool. I can do this or no, I can't send this because it's going to be very out of bounds because you might send a text message to someone and think that this is cool and a nice little flirty message, but they might take this as like, Oh, like he must really think that I'm fast or she might must really think that, you know, that I'm about this type of lifestyle when no, like I'm trying to, I'm trying to wife you up type thing. You know, it could be all those different things. And that could be a red flag that gets put out there to where now that person doesn't want to deal with you anymore. And so I think when it comes down to that, you have to be somewhat careful. But I think as long as you know that person in uh, kind of how they tick and, you know, the type of humor that they have or what they find to be cute or not, uh, I think you should be okay. Now, at the same time, uh, you, you kind of, you kind of don't want to necessarily play it all the way safe because if you do, you might get put in the friend zone if you're not already there. <laughs> or you might put yourself in a position where like now that person doesn't feel like you're taking them very seriously as someone to be courted and they'll kind of write you off like, okay, let me talk to this other person because they seem to be more interested in me and really trying to engage with me in very unique ways. So, you know, it just, it just depends, you know, it goes a lot of different ways, but, but yeah, you know, I like to hear some of y'all flirting uh, experiences through text messages. I don't necessarily have stories that I can really remember because I've never been like a, um, like I wasn't huge into, uh, send being flirt flirty through text messages. I'm more of that like in real life, but I can't even say it's most, I can't even say it's really flirting. It's me just kind of being a doting person and sharing like my, my love and care for somebody, honestly. So, um, and it may, that may come off as flirting. So yeah. And I can see how sometimes things that I say might be, um, taken out of context. Um, but I'm a very straightforward person, you know, big Capricorn energy here. I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel. Like you will know, you will know where I stand or, I mean, or if you ask me, you'll know where I stand too. Cause I'm kind of direct like that as well, but okay. Well, let's move on to our next anime for discussion. And that is The Angel Next Door Spoils Me Rotten, episode 12, titled Say Goodbye to My Cowardice. Ooh. Now, in this episode, after sharing statements after winning during their school's field day competition with Sheena and Amane share their feelings for each other. So kind of imagine uh, like a, a, a track um, a track day, I guess you could say. And the winners that win their that competition, 
they get to showcase what they wrote down in this piece of paper. Now, I don't know, I can't, I don't really recall in this episode seeing them actually write these statements down, but I'm assuming that they wrote these statements prior, you know, to uh, the competition. And that was kind of a part of the whole, uh, uh, if you win, you get to kind of showcase and express whatever you want others to hear uh, in the public. And so the very next day, Amane gets interrogated by classmates regarding his relationship with Sheena. And this causes Sheena to pretty much come in and interrupt in their conversation to defend Amane because, I mean, they were blasting him. Like, like, bro, I can't believe you're dating Sheena. Like, like, when did this happen? I, you know, this, it doesn't make sense. Like, this is all so sudden. Y'all, ne we never saw y'all talking with each other. Like, we don't get it. Like, when did this ever happen? Um, now, Side story. I got. I got to give y'all a short little short story time with this. Um, I can very much relate to this, and I don't know how much this is true in a lot of people's lives, especially if they're you know if you're still in school. But I've always been a private person like that. I don't share a lot of my love life um, um, uh, moments with friends and family and, 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 you know, other people that are onlookers, because me personally, I feel like when you share, when you open that door and you allow other people into your space and y'all are trying to nurture and, and, and grow a relationship, they could be offering input that can totally throw off your relationship and cause it to go in a very bad direction based on he says, she say, secondhand information, you know? And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like you would think that if a person you're with, they're confiding in you and you only, and even if there were other outside influences, it shouldn't matter. But the truth be told is, man, other people can have an impact on your relationship. And if you press that line enough, you can press that hard enough. It's almost like a person that gets poked. You know, you keep tapping at them, poking at them, touching their face, eventually that person's going to get frustrated and get upset and they're going to try to do something to you, right? And so I feel like the same thing applies where when you hear certain people say certain things multiple times, you're going to, you could possibly lead to that same type of effect, right? But I digress. Let me continue. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I was going to dive into a more deeper actual story, but I'm not going to go there. <laughs> and so, yeah. So, um, so that led to Sheena going out to defend Amane while also confessing, uh, her relationship in front of their, cl their classmates, um, that she has with him. And so, yeah, you know, we got to discuss, you know, confessing your love in school. You know, is this something that you've done before? Confessing your love in school. Mm. Now, I've had some, man, I'm trying to think. I've never, no, kind of going back to what I was talking about before. I don't think I've ever confessed, you know, that, hey, I'm in a relationship or I love this person in front of others. Now, I've had had conversations with some people of like, hey, you know, I'm talking to that person, but that's more of a gesture of, Hey, you might want to fall back because I'm 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 already dating this person, or we're already kind of talking a little bit more seriously, and so that that's usually code for like, okay, yeah, bro, you got it, or yes, sis, you got it, like, go ahead, do your thing. But in front of the actual class and letting them know, like, hey, 
that's my boyfriend, that's my girlfriend, and like kind of shouting that out to the moon <laughs> for the people in the back to hear. Like, nah, I never, I've never experienced that before. And it's not that I'm afraid to do that. It's just, it just didn't call for that, right? Um, but yeah, like, what would you do in this situation if you had confessed your love in front of people in your school? Uh, now, me personally, I think the first thing that a lot of people would have if they're being put in this type of situation is you're going to be nervous. You know, you're going to be nervous in front of a lot of people, you know, unless you're someone that uh, loves the spotlight, loves the stage, which is me. Like, I'm not like I'm very shy and um, it's it's kind of difficult for me to build relationships with people because of my own personal trust issues because people got to kind of win their 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 faith with me to for me to see like okay yeah that person's you know worth me investing in going because they're giving it back they're giving that same type of energy um but i've never been afraid to be up front in front of a lot of people and uh, honestly like i thrive in a lot of those situations where i am in front of a lot of people because i i enjoy having those eyes and kind of controlling the crowd i guess but yeah, I think most people will typically be nervous and say, you know what, you know, I I, I know I'm going to confess, but I, I'm I'm shaking in my boots right now. <laughs> uh, and then another thing you have to kind of consider is people that are going to judge you. They're going to say, oh, you know, well, Jay's dating, uh, you know, that dude or that girl, whatever, blah. Like I, now, you know, I you know, we're going to, you know, that's, that's, they're probably acting like this, or this is probably how they treat them, you know, and so on and so forth. And they're going to have all these different misconceptions about you. That's going to draw all these different types of narratives. And that could end up causing some problems within, you know, your school. So just be mindful, be careful of that. Um, for me, normally, like if there's ever a problem or things that kind of arise, I just, conf I just go ahead. I confront it like straight up. Like I go and I confront it. Now that doesn't mean like I'm trying to like every time there's a fire, I'm going to go run and try to put that out because trust me, like there's some times where you just, you, you can't go and try to um, deal with any and everything, you know, it's tiring. It takes a lot of energy. So you really got to pick your battles wisely, you know, in these type of situations. Um, when it comes down to it, though, there's also gossip, you know, and gossip and judgment, someone being judgmental, it kind of falls hand in hand. They kind of work together. Um, but yeah, gossip is definitely going to happen because you'll hear stories of, oh, like, you know, they, you know, I saw them in the back of the, the Raptors, you know, by the bleachers and they was getting it on back there or whatever. And so now they start putting this whole narrative on you that, you know, they're like overly sexualized and they're, 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 um, um, you know, doing some, uh, very adult like things, <laughs> uh, you know, and shouldn't be doing that, you know, amongst the public. So now you start looking crazy amongst other people, which could go to your benefit because I've seen some situations where it's like, Oh, that person's like that. Now I'm more intrigued. Now I want to try to date this person. And that could be a, you know, somewhat of a cat fight or uh, a situation that could happen. So just depends. Uh, and then lastly, I would say jealousy, like jealousy. Look, when somebody's being confessed to, and you know, it may be somebody that's your crush, somebody that you really like, but you just didn't have that opportunity or chance to, to nail it down and say, hey, I like you. 
Or maybe you were too scared. Maybe you were too afraid to go to that person and say, hey, you know what? I, I you know, I, I've been liking you for a couple months now. I finally had the courage to tell you. And I just want to let you know, like, I dig you. I, I like your style. I think you're beautiful or you're handsome or whatever the case may be. And I was hoping that we could, you know, possibly, you know, hang out sometime, you know, and you can just kind of start from there and see what it may turn into. And so uh, now here's the thing, though. Know, you know, we kind of talked about this in the past. You kind of need to also put some feelers out there to see if that person's uh, attracted to you. If that's, some, if that's something they would be willing to entertain because if you put yourself out there, especially in front of a whole bunch of people in your school, and maybe they might not like the spotlight, maybe they might not want to be uh, have information like that publicized. And so if they say no, that could make them look bad, you know, in front of the school. And now everybody's like, oh, you know, she's so mean or he's so mean. Like, oh, he didn't have to do that girl like that. That was so wrong. You know what I'm saying? Or why he do him like that? Like he like, like, is he, you know, he got a problem with it or, you know, it could go so many different ways. So you just gotta, you, you just gotta, <laughs> there's, I mean, it's kind of like peace being PC, you know, you, yeah, there's, uh, time and a place for everything, you know, and sometimes being just right off the back, blunt and straightforward might not be the best approach uh, in the beginning in uh, anyways. So, hey, you know, hey, if you have some confessions that you've made in your school, uh, somebody that you love, that you cared about, uh, let me know. Let me hear those stories as well. You know, I think that uh, I think we all have that story of that that childhood or uh, friend that we really liked somebody that we liked at school but did it lead to you confessing in front of other people like that i don't know about that <laughs> okay moving on to our next anime for discussion and that is nera automata version 1.1a episode 8 titled aji wo kuta now, I have no idea what that means in Japanese. I'm not sure. Aji wo kuta. I don't know. I don't know what that means. But <laughs> in this episode, 2B and 9S are given a new mission to investigate the rogue android A2. Now, after consulting with some members of the resistance, they are tipped off to find a member named Jackass who may have some information on A2 and her whereabouts. So, you know, when 2B and 9S find Jackass, she happens to be fishing. <laughs> like they took the, she took the whole gone fishing uh, phrase quite literal. Like, hey, I'm gone fishing. <laughs> but yeah, I, I want to ask a question, you know, have you ever gone fishing? You know, have you been fishing before? Now, I know this is kind of like very, very random. And, but it's just like, Look at this screenshot. Like y'all be those that are watching the live stream, whether it's on um uh you know the live streams that we have, you can see that we have Jackass in this picture. She has a fishing rod, and I mean she's you know in her her two-piece bikinis, and man, she just looks like she's having a blast. She looks like she's having a, a great time trying to catch some fish out there. And it just looks like a lot of fun, you know, and for, you know, me personally, I've never gone fishing ever. And to, here's the thing. I've been 
around bodies of water many, many, many times, where there have been lakes, oceans, rivers, ponds. I've been around a whole bunch of different beds of water, but I've never been fishing. And I've had um, relatives that have uh, offered to take me fishing, but when the moment came, some some situation happened where I couldn't go. And so, you know, hopefully I'll be able to have that experience some down down the road. I don't know why in my mind it's like I want to do this with uh, a family member, a friend, like something, some someone that I know that more exclusively. And maybe that's just so I feel safer because there's a part of me that also I don't trust myself. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't trust myself with a rod in okay, that sounds kind of crazy. <laughs> well no, I don't I don't trust myself with like the hook because I feel like I'm one of them people that misfortune is gonna happen to. And I'll end up being one of them people that had got the hook caught in my hand or my face or something like that. And I would be too worried about that. So I would like to go with somebody that's, you know, very well seasoned, has done it for a long time so that I can be trained appropriately, right? <laughs> but, um, you know, I, there's so, several different things about fishing that I just don't know. So, of course, like your bait, you know, there's bait that can be used for different types of uh, fish out there, different species to catch, you know, and I, I think bait is also maybe a seasonal thing where depending on the location that you go to and the fish that you're trying to catch, you know, certain baits are going to work better than others, right? I mean, it just makes common sense. And you see this, you know, for those that play a lot of your comfort games uh, that have fishing or some of your more action-based games that might have side quests that allow you to fish, they do these different things where you have um, different baits uh, and different, like, um, rod fishing rods that you can use so um and then another thing about going fishing is the time of the day that you go fishing because most people that i know that say that they like to go fishing they do it um before sunrise so it might be like uh let's say sunrise at um 6 10 a.m so they might get out there like 5 30 a.m you know just to kind of get get out there before the sun fully starts to rise up and that's when they say oh you know the fish are biting this is where they're biting the most and so it's like i i understand some of the jargon and things that go on i just i just never had had that experience before so hey i definitely will give y'all an update on this in the future if i ever go fishing and you know, maybe I can give y'all some screenshots or something of of some pictures of when I did go um, and, you know, see some of my catches. Okay, well, let's move on to our next anime for discussion. And that is... Spy Classroom, episode 11, titled Mission, Darter Darius, number four. Uh, and in this episode, Greta is tasked with defeating an assassin with Lily, Sarah, and Cybella on their own without the aid of their teacher, Klaus. And so, you know, their Klaus is self-proclaimed the greatest assassin in the world, and he's taken on a lot of these girls from these broken assassin schools that didn't uh, score very well. He says, hey... I'm going to train them up and I'm going to teach them how to be grade A assassins. And so, you know, he take he took 
uh, uh, three of the other members from this team and says, hey, you know, I'm going to utilize them and their skills to get this job done. I truly believe uh, you, Greta. I'm sorry, I said other other four members that he took. Uh, He said, hey, Greta, I believe in you, your ability to strategize. You'll be able to get the job done. I know it. And so, um, but in this episode, we also see uh, Greta having a conversation with the assassin where she takes off a mask and she shows her true face. And the assassin pretty much looks at her as like, oh, I see why you act the way you do because you want to get some type of uh, comfort in in uh, beautiful words said from your teacher that you're beautiful, but sorry, but you're ugly. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, as cruel as that may be, like, I, and, and it is cruel, uh, we got to have the conversation of being told that you're ugly. Have you ever been told that you're ugly before? Now, I, I honestly, I feel like all of us have had at least that one time where somebody said that we're ugly before, at least one time that you've had that. And a lot of times it may be out of uh, someone just being upset in the moment, like, you know, shut your ugly up, you know, <laughs> something to that effect. They don't really mean it, but they said it, you know, so. Um, but here's the thing, you know, when you're being told that you're ugly, a lot of negative effects, I think, can happen with that, you know, and, um, you know, the first thing is lack of confidence. You know, if you've been told that you're ugly, especially a considerable amount of times, you know, you start to look at yourself in a negative light and say, man, you know what? I'm not that attractive. And you may start thinking about some very bad things, which brings me to, um, my next part, which is you'll have negative thoughts. So that lack of confidence that you had uh, can lead to some very uh, negative implications of, hey, you know what? Now I'm starting to think I'll never, ever be able to get married. I'll never, ever be able to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Um, I'll never be able to make friends. And there's all these different negative things that kind of come from having someone say that, you know, you're not very attractive and yeah, like it's, it's, but here's the thing though. Like we know that as a society, right, there is a beauty standard and you hear this all the time, especially if you're on social media, you go on YouTube and you'll see some of these influencers that'll be in other countries like Korea or Japan. And they'll ask the question like, Hey, what's the beauty standard in this country? And they'll say, oh, you know, very uh, light, pale skin, uh, slim, weigh about this much, uh, uh, their skin, complexion and tone. Uh, you know, they have to have very smooth, great skin, you know, skincare. I mean, there's all these other different things that can make someone that is actually probably very attractive feel ugly because they don't necessarily match to that specific beauty standard, right? And so, yeah, negative thoughts can definitely happen. But on the flip side of that, I would also say that if somebody's tell if somebody tells you that you're ugly, sometimes that can also mean that they actually like you. Like they they might be either saying that in a playful way or they could be saying it in a harmful way, but it's their way of kind of being defensive in 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 not really showcasing their 
their feelings for you because they may be afraid that they'll get shut down, you know, or they might not reciprocate those same feelings to you. So yeah, it just, it just depends. That can go a lot of different ways, but Hey, you know, don't tell somebody that they're ugly. I mean, you know, if they're actually being ugly, you know, ugly attitude or whatever, then yeah, I, I get that. But you know, don't be, be nice, you know, try to, try to not to ruffle too many feathers out there because everybody should want to feel wanted, desired, and so on for and so on. And look, I'm here to say, when you look at the the society today, I really do believe that there's somebody for everybody. Now, is that somebody for everybody mean forever? Maybe not forever, but will you be able to date someone? Will you ever be able to hang out with somebody? I think that that's always in a realm of possibility, you know? Okay. We go, we move, we move, we move to our next anime for discussion. And that is season two of Tokyo Revengers, episode 12, titled Last Order. Now, in this episode, Takemichi returns back to the future only to find out this time that almost all the members of Toman have been murdered. Dang, that's crazy. Now, in efforts to find answers, Takemichi finds clues that leads him to discovering Mikey is alive and waiting for him in the Philippines, which you know, during the show, like you, you realize like, okay, this makes sense. But at the moment, the moment when you're like into the, the episode, it feels very like random that <laughs> like he's just, Oh, he's in the Philippines. Right. Um, but yeah. So eager to uncover the truth of what happened to his friends and gangmates, Takamichi flies out to the other country in hopes to get some answers. And so, yeah, you know, so we see that Takemichi in this episode ends up in the Philippines to meet Mikey and you see a little bit of scenery of the area. And so, you know, I, I wanted to kind of uh, talk about tips for traveling to another country. Yeah, tips for traveling to another country. And, um, you know, I was actually looking at some places that I might want to be want to visit in the coming year or two. And so I went out and kind of scoured the internet to kind of gain some information and things that I believe are um, good rules, I would say, to uh, consider if you're going to be going to a totally different country. And so the first thing I would say is understand the culture, you know, understand that the, the religion, how people interact with each other. Um, you know, the do's and the don'ts. I mean, that's really what it comes down to is what, how does this country operate? Because every location does not treat people uh, and people do not act the same. They have very unique um, uh, differences that are very much molded by the culture that they're in, the society that they're in within that country. So understanding the culture is very, very important because you don't necessarily want to go to a country and do something that might be okay in your country, but in theirs is completely rude and could end up uh, sending you to prison where you might be locked up for 10 to 15 years. You just never know. So definitely want to make sure that you understand uh, the culture and the, 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 the very strict do's and do nots. Um, Another thing I would say is read about the areas to visit 
and the ones that you should not visit. Uh, because there are some areas that you go to where it's like, okay, these places in the in the country are strictly off limits. Like you should not go there because maybe there is a war that broke out. Maybe there's a civil war. Uh, anything could happen in this area. There could be high crime that happens in this area. And so you're taking a very risky, um, you're making a very risky decision if you go into this area uh, knowing that there's a lot of unrest uh, there. And so, especially if you have a very different appearance uh, ethnically from the location that you're going to, you'll stand out like a sore thumb and that can ultimately make you look like a very big and prime target. And so you want to be very mindful of that, that, you know, especially if you look different, you're already going to be a target right off the back. So be mindful of your environment and, you know, where you're at. Um, now you might, uh, employ or have a tour guide that can go into some of these areas that are not necessarily, uh, areas that you should visit. Um, but having a tour guide might make it, uh, comfortable or put you in a, a better situation. But even in that scenario, you want to be careful because, uh, it could end up being a tour guide is lining you up. <laughs> like they could be putting you in a compromising situation to where they're putting, you know, they, they probably have some underhand deals with other uh, crime organizations. And now they're setting you up so they can uh, steal from you, you know, rob you or whatever, what have you. So, you know, gotta be careful, gotta be careful about um, who you go into business with. Right. Uh, another thing you got to interact with the people, you know, when you go to another country, I, I don't think that, I don't know. For me, it's I, I don't think that is a positive thing if you go to a totally different country and you don't talk with any of the locals because that'll really give you a flavor of, you know, what are these people about? Like, yeah, I read it in the books and the magazines online and stuff like that. But what you know, you when you actually have that on hand experience, you know, it stays with you a lot longer and it impacts you. Uh, uh, in a more magnified degree, I, I, I would say. So don't be afraid to interact with the people, you know, especially if you're in a very public scenery where a lot of people are kind of coming and going, like, don't get me wrong. Like you don't want to, you don't want to inconvenience others, but if you can, you know, speak to somebody and ask them a couple of questions and engage with them like that, I think that you'll grow to have a, a bigger appreciation for, uh, the people in the country. So, you know, just keep that uh, in the back of your pocket. And then lastly, I would say, um, man, just know at least some of the language when you go to a different country. If, if let's say if you're in a, a place like America uh, or maybe you're in uh, some parts of England and, or some parts of England, some parts of Europe. And, you know, English is the first language, but you go somewhere else in another country and English, English is not the first language. It may be the second or third language. You know, it would be really good for you to have at least some bare concepts of their language, you know, be able to maybe ask, uh, where is the restroom? You know, say, yes, yes, uh, please. Thank you. Uh, no, you know, yeah, no, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You know, um, just those different things I feel like are very important and they go a long way because it shows that you have some type of respect for the people in their culture. And not only to that, but I think that, 
um, the natives there because they see the effort that you try to put into trying to learn, especially if you only, you know, learned for the last couple of months or a year or so, something like that. They sometimes they'll give you special treatment, you know, even though they, you know, foreigners might not be something that some countries might love. Um, there's some places where they might say, look, you know, y'all help bring some money in, uh, uh, um, generate uh, our economy, stimulate our economy from the, the business y'all bring us. Y'all keep our businesses up and running. And so, you know, we're going to give y'all some 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 kind of special treatment where may, maybe the food portions that we give you are a little bit bigger than the typical or maybe the quality is good. But for some reason this day when you, you got it, it was great, you know, and, you know, they're going to want those special reviews because, you know, when you see the Yelp apps and the travel advisors and all that, and people write these nice reviews, these have some profound effects on businesses. And uh, who knows, you know, you might end up on a blog or a TikTok or something where someone shouts you out. And next thing you know, your company um, went from, you know, barely making ends meet to now y'all are the most popular thing in the city. So, you know, it just it just depends. You got to be mindful of those things, though. Okay, well, hey, that is the last anime uh, episode for discussion in our winter 2023 anime discussions. Wow, like, look, I'm telling y'all, in the future, we are going to have much more content. Uh, so just stay strapped because it's going to happen. But hey, if you are watching from our YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, or Kick live stream pages, please stick around for... Um, you know, we're going to discuss the uh, Crunchyroll Anime Awards. We'll talk about some winners from there and, you know, who won. You know, of course, we did our nominee and selections uh, a few weeks back before the uh, award show went live a couple weeks ago. And we'll talk about those winners and see how many of, we, of them we got right. And we also will do our ranking of the winter 2023 anime season for anime, the 10 animes that we covered uh, this season. And, you know, I'll, I'll tell y'all what I think. Now, spoiler alert, give y'all just a, a heads up before we take a short break. Um, this time, there were actually no anime that were passes. Like, they were all either must watch or put them in your queue. Like, you know, I think all of them had good parts of them where it's like, yeah, I can see anybody pretty much watching these and I think they'll be okay. They'll be content. So, okay. Well, hey, I will be right back. I'm going to take a quick little break, maybe about two minutes, and we'll come back and we'll do some rankings. Okay. Hey. 